Welcome to the Deep Practice Podcast, where we will share tips, stories, and strategies that help bring power into your discipleship process. Hi, friends. Father Dave Nuss with you with the Deep Practice Podcast together with Becky Shabilsky. Becky, how are you today? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good today. The sun is shining, blue sky helps me start my day out. Uh, oh, it helps us all. It makes a big difference to us. We had the chance last time to to discuss the idea of reachfulness, to, to discuss the idea or, or the reality of means being broken down into doing the next good thing, or, or what does love compel me to do in this moment? And I, I wondered if you, have you heard people sometimes being reluctant to grow in faith, hope, and love because the the very thought of doing so, it's just too hard. It's such a big thing. I don't even know where I would start with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The timing in my life just doesn't work right now to, to really practice Christian faith in a way that I I'm aching to practice. It's just asking too much of me in this moment. Have you, have you come across people expressing that kind of reluctance? Absolutely. Absolutely. As I interviewed pastors earlier this year, uh, that came up uh, a lot, that that was something they were experiencing, that their congregants, their parishioners were um, not able to really engage because there's just, there's too much, like the sense that there's too much going on in life. And this is such a big topic, spiritual formation. I'm really applying myself to that effort is too big. And I wouldn't even know where to start. So I don't start. And I, I've experienced that in my own life. You know, I, I, I just think so many times I get caught in my mind about how big, you know, this task is and, and how far away, I mean, I'm my own worst critic. <laughs> um, I know how, uh, you know, awful it can be the landscape in my mind, right? How negative that critic voice is very powerful in me. And so sometimes I just get stuck there listening to, you know, this is too big of a, a job, you know, like you're never going to get there. Why even start? Um, and you know, I think you've reminded me that, you know, there's a spiritual reality to that as well. Um, and so the important thing is that we must start. It might not even matter where we start. We just need to start. What is, <laughs> what is that next right thing? Yeah. I, I'm thinking of a, a very good friend of mine who is a, a, a runner, a serious runner. And he has this pithy saying, if you want to run, you've got to run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how often do people express a desire to do something to to complete a marathon or a swimming event or learn a musical instrument or learn a foreign language? A, a really noble dream or goal or aspiration that when they first discuss it, it kind of delights the person. You see their joy in doing it. And then all of a sudden, it's like the storm clouds roll in real quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and this this sense of being overwhelmed or it's too hard or I just can't do it or it would take too much time. And they go from this moment of 
sunlight on a beautiful morning <laughs> and expressing a dream, mm. right? Yeah. To closing the shutters because the storm is about to unleash its fury. Yeah. You know, so this reminds me of um, 20th century missionary uh, Frank Laubach. And going going back to 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, where the text says in verse 16, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so if we just like slow that down. Okay, Father Dave, pray without ceasing. Hmm, that's a that's a really small task, right? Oh my goodness, no, that's huge and overwhelming. Where would we even start? <laughs> and Frank Laubach developed what he called this game with minutes. And the idea was, wow, this is a huge task, this praying without ceasing. So we might not ever even start because it's too big. But what if we just started somewhere? And so he developed this game with minutes. Uh, and so you might set your watch to chime on the hour. And so once an hour, there's this little audible reminder, you know, you're the ding on your watch or whatever that sounds like. I'm going to turn my mind, my heart to, to Christ one minute out of every hour. And it was, it was, you had to start somewhere. And so let's start here. And, you know, three days in, a week in, you probably don't really notice. Uh, by the way, I... I did this. I did this practice years ago and um, I didn't think about it. Right. But now 15, 20 years later, as I pause and reflect, I think, wow, it's normal and natural for me to turn my mind and my heart to God throughout my day. Uh, but if I would have as a, as a teenager, okay, I'm going to pray without ceasing and just try to, to start there. I mean, I would just be lost. We would never begin. Right. It's so utterly overwhelming. Are you kidding me? That's for the real holy ones. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same concept is at play with church bells. The bells themselves, when they sound, though, though, though some today may say, okay, I've got to hurry up and get into church because church is starting. But really, the, the origin of that was to um, awaken and alert the community of believers to a moment of worship to a moment of awareness of God, that in the midst of my activity, all of a sudden I hear the, the church bell, right? In the, in the midst of something that was, I had no awareness of spiritual reality in that moment. And, and the bell itself is to elicit awareness of God's sovereign majesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, this, this, um, I forget the author's name now, I'll have to look it up, but it's a book called The Power of Habit. And he talks in this book about th this process, that there's a cue, and then there's a, a process, and then the reward, right? And so as we think about the end of the reward, I want to be able to pray without ceasing. Um, and I'm going to need to engage in a process to help me get there. But without the proper cue, I'm not going to start. So I love this idea of whether it's a, a chime, an hourly chime on your phone, on your watch, or the church bells, that this can be a powerful cue that can set us into a practice, right, that, yes. that leads us to a habit that we want to turn to God in our daily lives. Yes. You know, a, a cue that just came to my mind from my childhood was the cue of my parents 
before bed, uh, gathering us together to pray as a family, as a domestic church. And it was very simple. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, I don't recall any mystical experiences or some sort of great, great insight into the living God. What I recall is my parents, both mom and dad, would call us together as the last active family before we were to go to sleep, um, before I was to sometimes disobey and stay awake <laughs> doing other things. But they, but they would they would they would call us to together to pray. And some of that would include um, similar form or the means would be the same that we would have the chance to give voice to something that for which we wanted prayers, which was a wonderful way of learning what was for their learning what was most important to us in that moment, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they handled it lovingly. Thanks be to God, because I'm sure there were many times <laughs> when, when I said something that um, was not going to develop my virtue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cues. Mm. Yeah. Developing our virtue. Yeah. So, well, you know, I was just sharing with you um, earlier about, uh, running across uh, a book that was referencing uh, Aristotle and this idea that he had about when we, the difference when we act from virtue versus acting according to virtue. And when we act according to virtue, we're trying. So we had this conversation before. What's the difference between trying and training? So when we act yes. according to virtue, we're trying. We are hoping to do something that we know we ought to do or should do. We're um, performing virtues um, out of duty. And Mark Twain uh, is known as saying, you know, of that kind of uh, posture. It is very wearying to be good, right? (laughs) It's exhausting when we're trying to act according to virtue in that way. It's exhausting. But Aristotle said, you know, when we act from virtue, we behave in a way that is seamless with our character. It's habitual, second nature, meaning that we act from a deep rhythm of goodness. Instead of enduring that wearying life, we acquire the restful life, the life that thinks and feels and acts with peace and power and pleasure. So very different qualities uh, as we, well, based on where we start, acting from virtue or acting according to virtue. That's that's a really timely insight in our day and age, which seems to be so driven to posture, so driven to performance, so driven to look the part and not live forth from being the part. I don't need to look uh, like a Christian, I need to be a follower of Christ, a member of his church, and honor God in my daily experience and honor neighbor and reverence neighbor for who they are and see the inherent dignity within all people in all situations, however annoying or irritable the situation might be experienced by me. 
that I want to be that person. I don't want to think about running. I want to run. I don't want to think about learning the language. I want to learn the language. Yeah. Yeah. So training inside our daily lives. How are you doing that these days? What is what does that look like for you? Boy, that you know, thanks for asking the question. I mean, thanks even, for putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but even asking the question itself, having someone permitting someone to ask that question of us and to do so regularly is really, really important. There's an accountability that's baked into the question. You know, how am I doing that? There are concrete choices that mark my daily living and a practice that I have early in the morning. And I'm I'm blessed with energy upon waking up. So that's not a struggle for me. That's a good time of the day. It, it, additionally, it's a time of the day that is least likely to be interrupted by external demands. And if I'm really going to give a first offering to God, for me, that that, that, that first waking hour of the day is a really good moment to do that. And um, um, making coffee and positioning myself in space that is, for me, sacred, which includes some family heirlooms mm. and some um, other imp- just important objects in my life that help me to focus on God's faithfulness in my own life and and God's blessings in my own life. I mean, these objects help me to be more focused on God working in my life and delivering on his love. But to to spend upwards to an hour in the morning, um, and it's not a for, for me, Becky, it's not a a mechanical exercise at all. It's more of a a conversation like what we share. It is in it's enjoyable. It's sometimes surprising. It sometimes uh, reaches me to think in different ways, or invites me to, to look upon a different perspective. Uh, it includes. Praying with scripture. I mean, anytime we read God's word, I suppose that a better word, a better verb is we pray it. So it's God speaking to me, and I I want to hear his word in precisely the way that he knows I most need to hear him as beloved. <laughs> in this moment, for this day. And I, I want to. I want to be released from trying to impress God. <laughs> Me too. And simply be impressed by his mercy and by his love. So that first hour of the day is what is what grounds me or anchors me. That if you want to run, you got to run. Well, if you want to converse with God, you need to converse with God. If you want to pray, you got to pray. And that's that's my daily practice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing with us a little insider view of where you're at these days. What's, what's helping you. Um, I mean, really in the nitty gritty, right. Of, of yeah. life as it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, towards that end, I have found that it is so important for me to minimize distractions. So, for example, if we go back to the the image of running, um, if it's a distraction, if socializing is a distraction to the run, well, you know what? I don't I, I don't want to be stopping every time I see somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I really didn't run. Well, if I want to be conversing with God, what we what we call prayer, but it, it, it's 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 a conversation. It's a it's a movement of the Spirit of God Himself. It it's God who actually stirs within me the desire to spend time with Him and to get to know Him and love Him and serve Him more wholeheartedly. I want to eliminate those distractions. So very concretely, I'm hosed. If I've got my phone with me, mm. I'm just hosed. Yeah. It's not going to work well. Or if I were to somehow um, minimize minimize the time with, with God by means of considering work that's before me or work that I didn't complete or, 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 or preparation for preaching or whatever you know whatever the whatever the ministry leadership duty and responsibility might be it's one thing to pray through that but it's another thing to just let that stuff go if it's mm-hmm. if it's churning within me i just want to say hey i'm really sorry i'm kind of distracted right now you know yeah. with this release me from it yeah what 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 how do you practice uh time with god i knew you were going to ask me that <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, and you know, revenge yeah. is the sin. This is not a revenge question. <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, I have been a long lover of, of the great variety of ways that God invites us to practice. And um, so for me, sometimes I wish that the practice um, was, was always the same um, because then I could, you know, I guess that's me and control. I might be an eensy weensy bit of a control freak. Um, but as I've learned over the years that different seasons require different things, um, you know, it's it helps give me the freedom to continue to explore and to try new things, um, which, you know, it's uncomfortable. And um, to, to leave behind what you've, you know, loved, what's been your tried and true practice. So all that to say, um, where I'm finding, uh, you know, grounding and anchoring and connection uh, with God these days, and for me also, it's the morning. That's that's my favorite, um, and early morning because I have four children and they have a way, especially my daughter, of knowing when I'm around. And I swear she can wake from a deep sleep to come and be with me. <laughs> so the distraction piece, I, I mean, that's, oh, that's so hard. She's, you know, she's my daughter. These are my kids. I can't just say, you're a distraction. Get away from me. <laughs> um, so for me, the early morning, the earlier, the better. Um, and, and these days I find that I'm, that I'm almost um, compelled to go outside as quickly as I can. I do make my coffee usually first. Um, and we live, you know, we live with uh, five and a half acres. Um, it's such a beautiful property, such a gift um, from God. That's a story for another time of how we ended up with this property. But um, so I find that I go um, and I walk, you know, walking 
is my prayer practice, um, my go-to these days. And I find that it helps me to slow down. Uh, it helps me to notice, uh, to really be present in the moment as I witness what's going on with the animals, the, the plants, um, that I can just be fully immersed in what is right before me. And, you know, just a week ago, I was out, I have this, this little, I call it my peace garden that I um, planted a few years ago and have been lovingly tending and trying to grow. Um, I want to grow peace in my life too, by the way. Uh, but anyway, my peace garden right outside my door and, um, and the, the lilies and the irises were, you know, blooming. And I set out and I noticed that they hadn't quite opened and I, and I did my walk and, um, and as I came back, it was, it was less than 45 minutes later and I almost just went inside. I was done with my walk, right? Carry on with the day. I'm, I'm set for my day, but you know, out of my peripheral vision, I thought, oh, there, this brilliant flash of, uh, violet, you know, indigo. And there they were, these flowers were open now just 40, I think it was 42 minutes because I snap pictures, um, contemplative photography as, is a practice. And so I, I just thought, oh, I could have missed it. I almost missed it. Wow. And so for me, um, starting my day in quiet, in nature, walking, noticing, and I, sometimes I will walk the paths, um, you know, one way, and then I'll intentionally walk it in the reverse. I do have a labyrinth on the property, so that helps to walk in and then walk out. Um, but I'm always amazed by what I what I notice on the way out or, or the way in, I guess. If I reverse that path and come back the other way, I always see things that I could not have seen on the way in or the, you know, so by reversing the path, by intentionally walking from the other direction, I can see differently. I can notice different things. I, my, you know, my perspective changes. I'm, um, I'm enriched by intentionally placing myself on the path in those different directions. And so one of my reflections here recently is we have so much going on in our country around racial division and, and I mean, just violence and all of that is that I'm finding that, you know, I, I want to see from other perspectives, not just white to black, but, you know, politically, I mean, all and it. And it's like, man, is that hard? But again, coming back to training, it just dawned on me that, wow, every day, if I go out and intentionally look from different perspectives, that has equipped me so that in conversation with people coming at me from very different points of view, sometimes violently with their language, I'm able to take a deep breath and instead of respond with that intensity and that violence, feel you know inside myself, oh, can I imagine what that feels like for them to stand where they are, what they're experiencing, why they might be responding the way they're responding. Not that I might even, you know, agree with it. I mean, you know, so I don't want to get into all that, but the, the ability to see from different perspectives, to be able to be present and listen 
in a way of peace in those moments um, is becoming more available to me because of my morning practice. Your practice hearkens the exuberance of the poet to me, Gerard Manley Hopkins, who mm. exclaims that all of creation is charged with the grandeur of God and how your practice of conversing with the living God is precisely that, recognizing God's grandeur and then being instrument of the splendor that is God in daily living and especially seeking to apply God's splendor as peace and as reconciliation, as harmony, as love in those areas where there's disturbance. Mm -hmm. hmm. And as we wrap up our conversation today, um, you know, some of the language I, I like to use uh, as I'm working with people is just, we need to give ourselves permission to pause permission to pause. I often title my retreats with that in the title. And, you know, praying the hours following, um, you know, the, the church calendar, these different built-in, I mean, the cue, we talked about this, they cue us to pause. And, um, you know, God invites us to be endlessly creative in how we might pause. And it doesn't have to be an hour or three hours or a full day. It can be moments. Permitting the moment by pausing to be supercharged with the very presence and power of God. Friends, thanks so much for spending time with us in our conversation together, and we look forward to continuing the dialogue. In our next episode, I get to introduce you to Dr. Matt Lewis, who is another one of our team members here at Go and Do Discipleship. Matt has been serving globally with pastors and ministry leaders who find themselves in a really challenging season. In our next episode, we are going to talk about pastoral burnout and what is underneath this startling set of statistics. Go ahead and subscribe now so you don't miss it. And thanks so much for joining us here today on the Deep Practice Podcast. See you soon. Mm -hmm.